0: it back oh, to Boley oh scores! My no oh my. way! No way! With is... no time remaining! Great pass from Dowdy down low and they score! Gregstrom in game number one has tied it with his first NHL goal! Wagner down the middle scores! First career goal Austin Wagner Here's Luff looking for his first scores! Matt Luff first NHL goal! King's
1: heavily. What's left got to do with it? Hello and welcome to Crown Conversations Trade Deadline Day Bonanza Part 2. Sarah, James, and I pick up right where we left off. And we're talking about Adrian Kempe and why he hates scoring so much, as well as all the craziness that went on around the league on Monday. I loved uh, John Rosen's story about Adrian Kempe. Why does scoring goals make you unhappy, Adrian?
0: (laughs) It all falls on Adrian Kempe.
2: Oh, Jesus.
1: Oh, shout out to John if he's listening, which he probably isn't. He has better things to do than listen to this podcast. But I, I thought that was a great story. <laughs>
0: that is, oh man, that is the most, like, having had the privilege of working with John, that is John, like, being like, you know what? This is just a weird question that no one else is ever going to like ask because it's just either not professional or not relevant, but I just have to know
2: eh? <laughs> it's I mean, it's just such a good story. like that's like at, like as a wannabe sports writer myself, like that's the kind of weird stories like that I think need to be told and that's the kind of weird stories that like drew me in to being a hockey fan or to like getting back into being a hockey fan because like I grew up watching hockey but like also went through several several years of like no sports aren't for girls like people are gonna think I'm weird if I like sports and then I decided that I didn't care anymore but like
0: it's important to maintain gender roles that are traditional
2: I mean, obviously, like, (laughs) but, like, you know, those weird stories, those weird, like, human interest, like, offbeat kind of stories are, like, yeah, it's one thing to be able to sit down and analyze, like, why did this forecheck work or why is the power play bad? But, you know, for, for a certain subset of fans, especially, like, when you look at you know, growing the game or fans who are from like non-traditional audiences or people who are like, I don't know, maybe sports aren't for me. Like to be able to tell those goofy stories about like, why does this Swedish boy always look so angry when he does the good thing? Like I think is so good and so cool uh, to be able to tell those stories. Like that is, that is what I would love to to be able to do is just tell those weird, like, nonsense stories that you're like yeah you know what like I'm curious about this so I'm gonna run with it uh
1: it's it's funny because I was talking to Patrick Bexel who is our man in Europe uh he is a writer for uh Habs Eyes on the Prize sister SBN blog who covers the Habs um and he also covers all the Swedish prospects and he's an awesome dude who Is more than happy to like translate Swedish and and things for us and he's like yeah so that's just kind of how Swedes are he told me that they have some kind of law he said it in Swedish so of course I can't repeat it because my Swedish does not exist but he's like basically this law is that everybody wants to be average if you stick out you're weird
0: oh so they all grew up with my dad (laughs) I guess so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, oh, Dad. I'm sorry. That was just a joke. Um, I'm sure he's going to listen to this in the morning and be mad while he's walking wow, the dog. James. Um, <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I, I get it. It's very Scandinavian. Um, but I don't know. Speaking of things you don't quite expect someone to do what do you feel like was the weirdest trade today?
1: I mean, the Derek Forward trade for me is, uh, it's not weird, it was just kind of random. Like, oh, okay, I guess Derek Forward has value. And I don't mean that negatively against Derek Forward, but it was just kind of like, huh. Oh, one trade that I did think that was really weird, Devin Shore got traded for Sonny Milano. Uh, I was like, what the heck? Yeah! Like what's going on in Columbus? Uh,
0: John Tortorella.
1: <laughs> he hates Sonny Milano, for some reason. Well, because Sonny Milano sinks defensively, but that's okay because Sonny Milano can score a lot of goals. So who cares?
0: Yeah, and oh, maybe Sonny Sonny Milano gets to ride shotgun with Ryan Getzlaf, and then they get a cool tandem nickname like Galano. And everyone <laughs> loves them.
1: Yes. Oh no.
0: Um yeah, Sarah, what about you? What do you think was a weird trade today?
2: The weird one for me was Robin Leonard for a bunch of spare parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. like as, as someone as someone who lives here and goes to a bunch of Chicago games and like knows enough people who cover the team, like and also i you know i'm pretty familiar with vegas because of a there are rivals and b i cover their minor league team so i have a lot of like extra vegas knowledge that i really wish i didn't have but i do and like like everything that came out again about that trade like made it even more stupid and then the fact that they ended up it being like a three-way deal with toronto where toronto essentially like bought a fifth round pick (laughs) by retaining part of Leonard's like that made it even weirder and the fact that like like Stan Bowman's perspective was well I can get more for him now than I can in you know at at, at, like trading his rights at the draft and everything I've kind of gotten is that like talks with Leonard had kind of cooled and that maybe they're going to stick with Crawford instead whatever but like to trade him for like like I, I love Malcolm Subin as a person, but he's not a particularly good goalie. <laughs> um, and the Blackhawks already have three goalies in the AHL. They're carrying three right now for reasons <laughs> that I don't quite understand. Like... And now they're adding another goalie when really one of those trio in the AHL should have been getting their shot backing up Crawford for the rest of the season. Like, I just, I don't know what was happening. I feel like you probably could have got a better return for him. Now Vegas has this like two headed goalie monster and I hate it. <laughs> like, like there were a bunch of weird trades, but like that one came out right at the end. And I was like, well, now I'm transfixed with how bad all of this is.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that, that one's – it's so weird. Like, it's fun. Like, from an outside perspective, it seems very personal for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like, it personally offended you.
2: It's just very – It's it, it it did personally – and, like, also, like, you know, Stan Bowman didn't really do a whole lot, and everyone kind of knows that he's sort of, like – you know, my theory was that they kind of told him like, hey, you know, maybe you just sit this one out because <laughs> if he like, you know, if he is really kind of fighting for his job, I feel like the last thing they wanted was another like um, whoever Minnesota's GM that like everyone was like, oh, no, you're fired immediately where he made that like ridiculous oh, trade Fenton. for. Yeah, like he did wacky stuff and then um, Chiarelli in Edmonton where he like randomly extended Miko Koskinen to this stupid deal. Like, and I mean, that actually is kind of looking okay-ish in retrospect. Like, Koskinen's been fine. But, like, these two teams allowed these GMs who they kind of knew were not going to last, like, to make these wacky moves that I was like, did the Blackhawks' ownership just kind of tell Stan Bowman to just sort of chill? And then he decided, like, YOLO and didn't? Like... (laughs) I just, I have so many questions about what, like, for, for all the Kings fans are, like, I don't understand Rob Blake's vision. I don't understand Rob, what Rob Blake is doing and what are the Kings, like, for all of the fans who are confused, like, go watch the Blackhawks and pay attention to them for a hot minute. Like, I have more confidence in Rob Blake's vision for the future than I do anything of what Stan Bowman is doing right now.
0: <laughs> like... Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to say what I thought was the weirdest trade today and then go into what I see or what I am picking up on might be Rob Blake's vision, if that's okay. Robin, yes. you're the host.
1: <laughs> yeah, go for it.
0: Okay. Uh, Barkley Goodrow for a first round pick?
1: <gasps> yeah. Like, he's bad. Barkley Goodrow like, LLP.
2: Like- he's a law firm. <laughs>
1: Or bank. Uh, Yeah. So, Barkley Goodrow, he netted a first-round pick from Tampa. He has a career-high 24 points, not goals, points. 24 points, and he got a first-round pick from Tampa? What?
0: And Anthony Greco, who could be, like, Barkley Goodrow 2.0? And, and, okay, it looks like Tampa Bay. Uh, gave up or San Jose gave up the third round pick they got from Philly in the Justin Braun trade but for a first and now I'm just mad that San Jose is in the first round it was fun having them shut out of the first round when they're bad
1: gotta get those trade picks somehow or, I mean draft picks somehow
0: uh, that's their punishment for trading for Carlson
1: yeah uh, but it's Tampa it's, it's a low pick so it, it's probably going to be in yeah. like the 25 to 30 or the 26 to 31 range. True. God willing, it's the 31. but,
0: uh, (laughs) uh, okay. So Sarah, what you said about Rob Blake's vision, um, like the players he's drafting the way I'm seeing the trades that are made, especially for prospects, not so much this this year, but last year, it's just guys who are like crazy about getting the puck, like, like just you see that puck go get it. That's who I want on on my team, and uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much you guys have had a chance to watch Jared Anderson Dolan, but like he wins puck battles and races to the puck that he shouldn't win, like. And then he can make a good pass out of winning that battle to spark a play. And velardi goes and gets the puck. And Turcott, I feel like, goes and gets the puck. And Akil Thomas and Kaliev will just always have the puck on his stick. And Sean Dursey, I'm going to go get the puck and do a million things with it. Kale Clegg, like all those guys, I feel like they just – they're ravenous for getting the puck and, uh, like, holding on to it, possessing it, and creating something out of nothing. And I kind of really dig where the Kings are going right now.
2: I'm just imagining, like, four lines of Blake Lazat's of various heights. And like, <laughs> it, it gives me a little bit of anxiety, like, just, like, the frenetic nature of that. But, like, yeah, you're totally right. Like, that is... Like, even guys like Trevor Moore, like, you know, the, the biggest scouting report on him was, like, yeah, he's still kind of waiting to put the whole package together. But, like, you know, never quits, never gives up. Like, if he's in the corner, like, he's just going to – it doesn't matter how big you are how small he is. Like, and I feel like, yeah, that is kind of a, a – a, definitely a characteristic that, like, tenacity – that he's really going after that. And like, I feel like a lot of the guys like Mikey Anderson, uh, Bjorn foot, um, Akil Thomas, Aiden Dudas, like are all guys who are really known as mm-hmm. like, yes, they're good players, but their leadership qualities are even better than they are as players. So
0: they're selfless players too. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. And so like for as much as like the you know the whole issue of like the king's culture and like you know you're losing you know there's no there has there's been no replacement for the you know Justin Williams and Willie Mitchells and you know Mike Richards even like Matt Greens like there hasn't been a new crop of those guys and it feels like that's really a quality that they have been drafting for is yeah this like a like nose for the puck and be guys who are just going to like will you to win you know no matter what you know your, your fourth liner is a captain like great like who cares like you know um so yeah i feel like that there's really a emphasis on that sort of quality of that that personality characteristic that has really shown through in a lot of the guys that they have been drafting and uh, acquiring in trades. So it's, it's going to be really fascinating to see, especially if they all do end up on the team at some point in the future. Like it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm most excited um, about Kaliev because the scouting report on him was a little dumb. In my opinion, because well, a lot of people were like, well, you know, we're not really sure about him. He's got 100 points, 50 goals, 50 assists, but we're not really sure that he's a good player or that he's got a lot of will to work. And it's like, um, okay. Well, I under he.
0: He was playing like thirty four minutes a night.
1: I know, I, and it's the well, it's the OHL, so he can get away with playing thirty four minutes a night too, and not not even be faced. He's also eighteen, you know. He's a, he's an eighteen year old young man, and that is just not fair in so many ways that that only Sarah can <laughs> relate to on this podcast. Um, but the interesting thing about Kaliev, when I was talking to somebody about this yesterday is that um, I think probably what fed into that scouting report is that his footwork is kind of awkward. So um, he doesn't look especially fast, or and he doesn't look like he's trying especially hard because it just doesn't look like he's trying. It should look difficult to play hockey, according to old hockey men, apparently. But <laughs> the interesting thing, most interesting thing about Kaliev is that... Um, He, because he's so good, he and another one of his line mates, they're so good that they may actually get somebody an NHL contract. One of their, they may get their third line mate an NHL contract. That's, now that's a good player.
0: Yeah. Like Callie of, uh, I think it was one of like the post-draft interviews and he's like, I just want to play like Rick Nash all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I totally see that. Like, just, (laughs) oh, hey, I'm going to pick up the puck and bowl past you on the wing and then cut into towards the net, and we'll see what happens. If I don't have the puck, I'm going to surprise you with a monster hit. (laughs) Deal with
2: it. And I feel like I don't care if his, like, skating is bad or not pretty or whatever, like, he can get to the right spot. He knows, like, he's – in in just the few, like, games I've seen of him uh, through watching World Juniors and through being at the Summer Showcase they did, like – he knows where to be on the ice. Like, <laughs> like he knows where he's supposed to be. And I don't care what he looks like getting from point A to point B. Like he gets there, he gets open and someone puts the puck on his tape and he scores. And, you know, he also is like, I think his passing is really underrated. Um, yeah. I think that's something that's really stood out to me as I've watched him is that he, he will find you. Like if he's not in a good place to take a shot, like he's gonna find someone else and get them that puck. And you know he made a ton of plays. Like I don't care if he's been like if he if that kid is gonna score fifty goals for me. Like I don't really care if a couple end up in the back of my net because he was a little slow on the back check. Like he'll figure it out eventually. Like if he wants to stay in the league, I have, he'll figure it out.
0: I have just like so much excitement for something that. Probably might not even happen next year of like him and Akil Thomas on the same line at Ontario to start the year because, like, Akil Thomas, I feel like has like every skill possible, but then just like listens to what the coach says in between periods and is like, okay, I'm just going to go do that no matter what, and like have him like back check and pass and then get open in the slot. I, to just compliment Kaliev for you know twenty minutes a night, like gosh, be give me really
2: that. fun oh my to see yeah. you're caught. Sorry, is that yeah. where you were going? <laughs> no, like I, I was gonna say, like the thing that like always comes up with Kaliev is like, um, like I, I think a lot about like not to compare him to Alex Ovechkin, like he is not going to be. Alex Ovechkin 2.0, but like how many years did people like rag on Ovechkin for like being lazy at the back check and for not being great defensively or whatever? And at some point in his career, he basically was like, oh, I should commit to this two-way game thing. And he has totally transformed himself over the years. So like I could see Kaliev even kind of taking that same route of being like, you know what? Scoring goals is great, but also like maybe I should try to learn this other thing. And then if he learns that, like he's going to be a monster like both sides of the ice.
0: I, I mean, like Callie he plays so much in every situation. With he's with Hamilton, right? Yeah. In the OHL, yeah. the Bulldogs. Yeah, like it. it sometimes I feel like he's just conserving energy and that's why he doesn't back check. Like it's literally a means <laughs> is, of survival.
1: It is the OHL. So yeah. back checking is kind it's mostly optional.
2: And like Hamilton, <laughs> Hamilton like hasn't been particularly good this year. So it is kind of like Kaliev and, um, you know, his line mates and that's a little bit it. So he is kind of having to play, probably way more minutes a night than he would on a team that was more stacked. So like, yeah, if I could like cut a couple corners because I knew I was going to have to play like, you know, 10 minutes of the last period, like, you know what? Fine. I don't, I don't care. Like all the complaints people have against him. Like as long as he puts the puck in the net and in the correct net, (laughs) like (laughs) that's key, (laughs) whatever.
1: Sarah, didn't you interview him at like training camp? And, Mm -hmm. and he talked about, he's like, I had 50 assists last year. I don't know why people call me lazy.
2: Well, he he didn't say that. He he did not really say much of anything of note. Oh. <laughs> um, but th- that's more of a, an extrapolation of looking at his stats and looking at all that he contributes. No, he, his, his question answers were um, very much in the get pucks in deep, go to the net, <laughs> I just want to score goals kind of uh, – <laughs> I think that had I had the time to develop a relationship with him and interview him all season long and not just like 10 minutes before a game, um, you could eventually get some more words out of him, but he he's a very quiet, simple answer kind of kid.
1: That's funny. So he's like the Jonathan Dave's, but for, uh, but for the Kings or for the Bulldogs, I guess.
2: Mm, no, <laughs> <laughs> is he better than Taves? No, I, I think that <laughs> Taves actually wants to give you answers to your questions. <laughs> I, I don't think that Kalia particularly enjoys the media component of, <laughs> of his his job.
1: Uh. Well, okay, there's one other trade that we have not talked about. It is by far the most heartbreaking trade, probably since the Tafoli trade. No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we have to. No. <laughs> Speaking of Vegas, which was no. a while ago. <laughs> Sarah, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't get through this without tears if you keep saying no like a sad cat. <laughs> Vegas. This one breaks my heart, too, because to um uh, not to fully. Alec Martinez, our dear, dear Jazz Hands, he had, he scored a goal last night, Sunday night, for the Vegas, for the Golden Knights, so that makes him two goals in two games with Vegas, and Jeff Paul from Hockey Buzz and from, I don't know what the Golden Knights SBN blog is, I can't, I can't remember them all um nights on ice there we go um yeah so um jeff paul from hockey buzz and nights on ice he's like bragging in my my mentions he's like wow apparently this trade has lit a fire under martinez I was, like thanks i didn't need to be sad on sunday night anyway
2: it was the most alec martinez thing i loved it no, like i was sad no. but also i loved it <laughs>
0: How good was it to see him, like, score a goal yes. and then fall?
1: Yes. Actually, to kind of um, go off on a brief little tangent, it was hilarious to me in his first game that the Canucks put Toffoli in the shootout. And then he took over his own skates and fell and, <laughs> and couldn't score in the shootout. I was like, oh, the Kings are still with you in your heart, Toffoli. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Alec Martinez. I know it, it's just desperately wrong to see him in a Golden Knights jersey. I I mean, it was wrong to see Defoli in a, in in a Canucks jersey. It is horrendous to see Martinez in a Golden Knights jersey. Yes, I don't Super know what weird. to do with myself.
0: Is it almost weirder to see him wearing not twenty seven?
1: Oh, Yes. Yeah. I kept looking for 27 on the ice and it wasn't him. He's 23 now. And I'm like, no, he's 27. What are you doing?
0: Stupid shit, Theodore.
2: (laughs) Jerk, this is all the Ducks fault. This is all of the Ducks fault.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Speaking of the Ducks, they had two of the weirder trades this trade deadline season. Uh, Andre Kasha for a first round pick and David Backus. I was like, Um, I'm pretty sure the Bruins won that one
0: that's such a Bob Murray trade I can't stand it like like he has like the GM mind of a ruthless capitalist
1: (laughs) that is so true
0: (laughs) yeah like oh I have cap space and that's a valuable commodity let me use that and Take on David Backus's contract.
1: But the the Bruins did retain fifty percent of Bacchus' contracts. So that wasn't quite a win for the for Sweeney, mm-hmm. for Don Sweeney, as it was in, on the outset, that what it looked like. But if Kasha can stay healthy, ooh. <laughs> uh
0: is the other weird ducks trade uh like them trading Corbinian holzer, which has to happen every year. The same way the Kings always get a conditional pick from the Flames.
1: <laughs> yeah, he cleared waivers twice, and then the Flames got him for a pick. I'm like, I don't. What? What? I um. Huh?
2: Like literally every time Corbinian Holister's name comes up in, in in any context, I'm like, he's still right? around. <laughs> He's still... And, like, the Ducks got an asset back for him. Like, that was weird wizardry because I don't even know what he does anymore other than just, like, exist. I mean, to
0: be fair, it was for Matt Irwin and you can say all the same things about him.
1: But I've at least heard of Matt Irwin, mostly because he played for the Sharks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he had that... Well, he was on that fun... Nashville team, but I don't know. They also traded Sprong to Washington. And they
2: traded Nick Ritchie.
1: Yeah, Nick Ritchie. That was another... I feel like the Ducks maybe had the weirdest trade deadline. Although, the Rangers would like to phone in and say hello, trading Brady Shea.
0: I get that, though. That's a good trade for I me.
1: don't. But they're they're trying to compete.
0: Like the extending Chris Kreider was the weird part.
1: Well, I get extending Kreider. Kreider is a useful player, and so is Brady Shea. But I just don't understand why they traded Brady, Brady Shea, because like the um, their coach, I forget who he is, because it's not Elaine Vigneault anymore. Quinn, he's David Quinn. Quinn, thank you. I knew was a former NCAA coach. He's trying his hardest to drag them kicking and screaming into the playoffs, which is why they keep playing Scher- Scherster-
2: Shisterkin. Schester- you know all the names, Sarah. I, I, a yes, B, I just did a different <laughs> podcast with a Rangers <laughs> podcast host. Oh, okay. fairly recently.
0: Well, now they might have to yeah. rely on on Georgiev now that you know Shisterkin got hurt in the what? car accident I didn't see which is that. so scary and weird
2: yeah yeah him and pavel Buchnevich were in a car accident in brooklyn because someone made like a oh. u-turn and hit them and shesterkin like broke a rib so he's out for a while and then Buchnevich is fine but like just kind of shaken up but yeah like everyone was like oh like because the rangers are They have three goalies right now for some weird reason because Quinn is like, we're (laughs) going to make the playoffs, guys. And they're like, "Uh, really? You think? Um, But everyone was like, well, which of those three goalies is going to move at the deadline? And everyone, like, (laughs) people, none of them were like, A, people were like, oh, is this Henrik Henrik Lundqvist's last? Like, no, no, it's not. Like, they would have traded the other guy, uh, Georgiev. like.
1: (laughs) Well, Henrik Lundqvist also has a full no-move clause and a very expensive contract, so even without the no-move clause, it would have been hard to trade him because he essentially yeah. ha- would have had a no-move clause with that contract.
2: Yeah, all of Twitter was like, oh, "Lundqvist to like Colorado or something." I'm like, "Oh, okay, what? slow, slow your roll, guys." Like, I don't, I don't think so. Weird. Col- Did Colorado <laughs> improve at all? Please
1: tell me no.
0: I mean, they they made the trade Mm. for Nemestikov, but I think that that just helps the bottom six. I don't see them getting substantially better. But what, I mean, they have like a ton of cap space, but I kind of get not using it up in trades. Just save it for a free agency.
2: Yeah, especially if they like go almost the whole way, but not the whole way this year. Like Yeah, yeah go and
0: Then they're super attractive yeah, to play for. Yeah,
2: there's like someone I, I don't know who the big name free agents are gonna be this year, but I could absolutely see Colorado being like, you know, here's our cap space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the Kings are gonna be active nope. during the UFA season? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even
2: give us said nope. Just no. Nope. I mean,
0: no they'll be active on july 3rd with like yeah the like who? spare
2: change yeah. <laughs> like i need a fourth line left winger guys i i don't think there's there's no point in it like they're That's not gonna true. be good next year either
0: they signed michael Hanzoos again
2: oh my geez oh geez like, anytime he shows up anywhere like it's like no don't sign him like, he, he, he's so old nope. now
0: michael Hanzoos? oh
1: uh. No, no, God please no Well, didn't Hansus like score against the Kings in the playoffs in twenty (laughs) thirteen?
2: yep yeah, Yep. Chicago. He, he had like a yeah. game winning yep. goal or something I, I, I I, and I was, was losing my mind mm-hmm. at that game because I was like why it was like overtime and I was like why the heck is he out in overtime and then he scored and I was like oh my bad every so often he like yeah. I don't, I don't know that he lives in Chicago but he still pops <laughs> up here every so often and like he'll show up at games and stuff and every time he does it's like someone take away Stan Bowman's phone he's gonna try to sign him again like, please just let him go.
1: <laughs> but the memories.
0: Well, the Kings, like, they have some RFAs they have to re sign. Um, looking at. 13. Wow. Way to. Way to... <laughs> Do you think they try to re sign Perkorkin?
2: Mm, I'd say. I'm not I'd sure say they give him a go. Like. I think I think usually like unless like the RFA' has been completely useless, like they at least make an attempt. Um, well, you know, I mean, Procorkin has been like he had like one month where he played
1: really well and then he stopped back checking. So Todd McClellan has just refused to put him in the lineup. and he only got into the lineup yesterday because Carter's hurt and Tim Schaller was put on waivers. So literally it was the last man standing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think this is where we can get into, like, the fun speculation of, like, what kind of contract (laughs) do you think Austin Wagner or Sean Walker or maybe even Curtis McDermott deserves?
2: I don't know. Ten million dollars. Just make them the highest paid guys (laughs) on the team.
1: (laughs) They have so much cap space for the next, like, five years. It's unbelievable.
0: It's pretty nice. It's
1: nice, but also a little terrifying. Because they have, hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up on Cap Friendly right now. Because I, I did this when I, when Tyler Toffoli got traded. I looked at it. So they have 13 U uh, RFAs that need to be signed, and for UFAs, it's mm-hmm. Trevor Lewis, Ben Hutton, and Yuki Ryan.
0: and Tim Schaller.
1: So, uh, yeah, and Tim Schaller. If you, <laughs> I don't think that they're gonna keep Tim Schaller. All would around. do. Um, I think they're gonna let Ladue go. Honestly, yeah. Um, so I didn't, I don't count Schaller or Ladue because I don't see them being resigned. But of their RFAs, they also have Cole Keller and Oh, um, Austin Strand and Chaz Redicop. Neither of those guys are playing in the AHL. <laughs> I don't think. Strand
2: is Redicop. St- well, Strand, Strand is, is Redicop's yeah. been up and down between the AHL and the ECHL, and then Keller's been the ECHL.
1: Yeah, and since they... Yeah,
0: yeah, and they have Kevin Poulin now, like, backing up. <laughs> he's just Velalta. a warm
1: body. Yeah. He's, he's just a warm body because Cole Keller's playing so well in the ECHL. There's no reason to bring him up, only to have him ride the bench behind Matt Villalta. So, might as well just have... And Anyway, you have the the veteran presence with Kevin Poulin, and he can kind of mentor mm-hmm. Matt Villalta.
0: Yeah, I get that. Um like I don't know. Do you think the king or the organization resigns uh Boko Imama after
1: If they the season? do, I feel like it's going to be an AHL only contract. I, he just hasn't shown
2: mm-hmm. anything.
1: The skill <laughs> He hasn't shown the skill necessary to be in the NHL. Like, he's kind of a fringe AHLer, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, 13 points over 45 games, 110 penalty minutes. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. It's... But, I mean, I think Akil mm-hmm. Thomas, he's going to come out of juniors next year. Um, there's there's the potential to free up a roster spot for him um
0: uh what if uh fagimo comes over from sweden fagimo yeah
1: yeah there is also the potential for fagimo but when i was talking to patrick i believe fagimo plays for for lunda for lunda yeah So, Fralunda is actually one of the best teams in the SHL right now. Mm -hmm. And so, it's actually much better to keep him with Fralunda because he is playing so well over there. And he has 12 goals and nine points, uh, nine assists for 21 points in 34 games in the SHL. So, being that the Swedish league is so good. And uh, so much better than the mm-hmm. AHL. And that Frölunda is basically going to run away, everybody thinks, with the title, with the championship title. There's no point in bringing him over to the U.S. unless he's going to play in the NHL. And I don't see that happening. But it really depends on how camp goes and how many warm buttons mm-hmm. yeah. they need.
0: Yeah, I mean, cause is uh, Sodergren still with Ontario? Sodogran? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He actually was playing on a line with uh, Asmont Oh, I think oh, th- I think in the in the game that I saw, he was playing on a line with Ace Mont, Um and Villardi. But Sotogran is also one of those um, bottom six wingers, the grit guys who get in, mm-hmm. make a hit, etc. Because Asmont had four points in a couple weeks ago when I was in Ontario and he was talking about how um, how, how Boko and, and Sotogran and, and those types of people like they play the body and, and you know they play a hard game kind of like the 2012 Kings where you have that grit and, and that intensity in your bottom mm-hmm. six
0: the Dwight King-ness
1: yeah the Dwight King the, the Jordan Nolan of it all And, you know, they wear you down with your size, and then that allows your um, highly skilled guys in the top six to come in the third period and close it out. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how Ontario is playing right now. Although, unfortunately, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, which is kind of sad because their fans in Ontario deserve playoffs, and their fans are amazing. Yeah, they really are. It was so loud when I was there... Two weeks ago when they had the cup there it was almost a sold out uh they had nine thousand people in attendance their their full sold out is they can hold 93 something um so i mean that's pretty good just a few hundred people away from being sold out for a minor <laughs> league hockey game on a random sunday afternoon it was started at three o'clock in the afternoon so And it was just it was like I said it was just unbelievably loud. And in the the press box, I was just like I almost have to cover my ears (laughs) because all the sound is just like funneling up to me. But the the king's org has said, or I guess Rob Blake, he said that they're not going to um, they 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 would have had to scratch Martin Firk last night, so uh, and then paper transact him today, which they did not do. So he played ten games. They they have no intention of sending him back to Ontario to play in the AHL playoffs, which I'm like, well, that kind
2: of sucks. Yeah, but they would have lost him on waivers. That's the issue: is that he would have had to no. pass back through waivers, and someone probably would have claimed him. So,
1: well, if they had um, if they had scratched him last night, then he would not have had to pass through waivers. That is according to John in Mayer's manner.
0: I don't know. What do you think happens with Matt Luff?
1: As far as Matt Luff goes. I think that they try to re sign him and because they need bodies.
2: So, yeah, I think he gets one of those like show me deals. Like he gets like one or two years, like, you know, whatever, like, whatever the minimum is that they can give him or like a little bit, a little bit above it just to be like, all right, this is it. Like, show me what you got. Like, I, I think he's, he's trapped in an unfortunate spot of like, you know, being a little too good for, the AHL, and I feel like he's probably been a little, maybe a little pouty this year, like mm-hmm. g- having to go up and down uh, so often that, you know, maybe hasn't been performing his best at either place. And, you know, he's always a guy who I think has played well when he has sort of a chip on his shoulder um, about, you know, how dare people underestimate me. And I think he needs to find that again. Like he seems very well liked by everybody. Like he just hasn't fully been able to carve out that role for himself in the NHL like and he, he needs to find that and yeah I, I think that they, they make a run at re-signing him and I you know I don't think he would turn it down um but it definitely is kind of a make or break uh season for him like with his next contract to see see what he's got
1: so it's crazy because the Kings next year they have if it was a totally flat cap They have almost $60 million in projected cap space. And that includes the uh, $11 million in dead weight that they're carrying. So, and then the the year after that, they have $43 million, $44 million. It's just, it is a wild ride. I have no idea what's going to happen over the next few years.
2: Contracts for everybody.
1: Oh, God. Well... One last thing I do want to talk about, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this up so Sarah can uh, get to bed at a reasonable hour if she wants to, or do other things with her life. I still have a whole other podcast to to record. (laughs) I was like, besides talking to us for three hours, Um, originally at the beginning of the season, there was some optimism. I'll say that you know the next this last year and this year they were going to be bad, but stick it out because they were hoping to be a bubble team and be competitive next year with all the trades I don't think that they're looking at that I think they're looking more into a longer term plan probably more like Lombardi's five-year plan although Rob Blake wasn't around for the five-year plan the the infamous five-year plan
0: he was a player
1: uh he was not in a a front office position shall we say for the 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 five-year plan um, but it seems like he's kind of working his own 5-year plan. Like with all the trades and the and the prospects and and the the picks that he's stocking up and the very specific type of player that he's going for. I mean, do you guys feel like that that's accurate?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of nice having Ron Hextall back in the organization cuz he was there for that 5-year plan. Um <laughs>
2: And I, he, he's just like a, like a consultant or whatever. He's like, he's, he's like playing the like Dean Lombardi, like Dean Lombardi's is like a consultant for Philadelphia or whatever. Like they basically just flipped, uh, ex GMs. Um, but and, like, I, I did like that move though. Cause like, you know, Blake for better or worse, like has good ideas maybe, but like is also a brand new GM and having Hextall around, you know, can kind of give him that, you know, different perspective on, you know, again, like Flyers fans may have liked or not liked Hextall's moves, but having him around to sort of guide and be sort of a a sounding board for, for Blake, I think has been, hopefully has been positive positive. Um, and also, I guess you have a built-in, if Rob Blake flames out uh, at some point, you have at least someone hanging around to consider whether or not that's a good idea is a whole subject for another podcast, but, you know.
1: <laughs> do you guys think that, I mean, because we talked about this a little bit, but do you think that Blake also has an eye on, on the culture of the team? It kind of didn't seem like it at first, but once you really start looking at the players that he's picked, the the nose for the net, the the leader in Yarnfoot. Like it it does kinda seem like he's got an eye on the culture, don't you think?
2: Yeah. I think that at first he I think everyone was sort of blinded by that the the year of making the playoffs and then getting swept by Vegas and everyone was like Oh you know, everyone was like, Ah, oh, we're just one scorer away and then like disaster unfolded and I think that it took them a long time. You know, probably a little longer than we would have wanted for them to sort of recalibrate from that and figure out like, oh, OK, this is actually what we need to do. But I think that everyone's kind of on the same page now um, in terms of, you know, what kind of players do we want? What what does the future of this team look like? Um, what is the, the rebuild period? Uh, what's that look like? How long is it going to take? Like, do I think they could be competitive next year? Like, I don't know. Like this year, like. <laughs> hmm. Like, I want to say no, but I also, you know, watching them all this year, like, there's been very few games where you watch and you're like, oh, man, they're not in this at all. Like, there haven't been a ton of blowouts. Like, it's going to be worse coming down the stretch now that there's no defense or anything. But, like, you know, at least this year they have been so much more competitive consistently so than they were last season that I could see them being, like, probably not making the playoffs, but being one of those, like, oh, we just missed it by, like, four points or something (laughs) um, because they're in just about every game. And that is like, that's all I want from them is to look competitive. And if they ever figure out the scoring, like watch (laughs) out.
1: It's always tough to figure out scoring. Um, Okay. Let's bring it home. Uh, Speaking of home, the Kings are at home Wednesday to face off against the new look penguins with Patty Marlowe. So,
2: Oh, that's yeah. weird.
0: I I love it. There, Him and Marc-Andre Fleury <laughs> are the nicest people I met in hockey. And I give him the man a cup already.
1: Well, no, I don't want good things for Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> um, I used
2: to work for him. I grew up there.
1: You well, did? I'm sorry for both of you. Two
2: to one, but... Robin, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I can't do it, okay? My heart says no. So... I hope he gets something in the future but just as long as he his body is able to like hold up but I'm tired of Pittsburgh getting success so it was two it should have been three years ago that they, he got his cup or actually long yeah when he was with the the Sharks but Martin Jones fell apart and then they had too many injuries but let's look ahead to <laughs> to Sunday Alec Martinez comes home no. <laughs> Sarah, your nose always kill me. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, sorry. JK, I was wrong. They're going to go visit their buddy, Alec. I still hate it. I do, too. It's awful. I just... <sighs> How many goals do you think he'll score against the Kings? Oh. Three. His first ever hat trick...
0: <laughs> uh, n- none but he gets a weird like like <laughs> assist like where he dumps the puck in and leaves the ice and someone chases it down <laughs> and throws it in for a goal so he gets an assist when he's not on the ice
1: that would be like the most Kings thing ever to happen to the Kings mm-hmm. and then they have like 100 more home games after that in March but you guys got any predictions for the upcoming Vegas game?
2: They're gonna suck <laughs>
0: <laughs> 5 to 2 loss
1: I'm gonna go with a 6-1 the Kings score 6 that'll be one of those weird games
2: $1
1: you know what I'm gonna be optimistic about this I'm gonna say that the Kings are gonna score six ga- 6 goals
2: is one of them from, like, Cal Peterson or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, a goalie goal. God.
0: Like, Marc-Andre <laughs> Fleury's just eating a personal pizza in the goalie crease. <laughs> like they,
1: they replaced both their goalies with a shooter-tooter.
0: tutor.
1: <laughs> right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. We shall let Sarah go. So that she does not spend the rest of her night talking hockey with us.
2: I guess.
1: (laughs) Uh, We will have to do this again probably at the end of the season. Awesome. Or maybe over the summer when we have absolutely nothing else to talk about.
2: Deal. I like it.
1: All right. Well, you guys have a good night and thank you once again for joining me.